0: Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm excited that you're here today. And we have been talking about setting up classrooms. And now is the time in the series that we start talking about working with staff. So we have, I've talked about getting to know students. I've talked about building our classroom schedule. And I've talked about organizing the furniture in the physical space in the last three episodes. And in each one of those, I've addressed how it's going to look a little different in this fall of 2020. Now, today, I want to talk about managing staff is going to be our next step. And we know that this coming year is going to be different. But whether you're teaching at a distance or you're teaching in the classroom, teachers are still likely to be working with paraprofessionals. How we do that, of course, continues to be important. And there is a ton that goes into creating a true classroom team that works together. I actually covered many of the steps to truly create a team in the classroom in the first five episodes of this podcast. So you can find the first one at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode one. To truly build a classroom team, you've got to have a good schedule or zoning plan. And there's a lot more to it than just a staff schedule. You have to build relationships, create a collaborative vision. You have to train staff and provide feedback in a meaningful way. And all of that we're doing while we're in a classroom or working closely with somebody. So much of what we need to do in creating the classroom team, though, is communicating expectations and assigning responsibilities in a collaborative way. And that's where the staff schedule, or what I'm going to refer to as the classroom zoning plan, really come in. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about what a zoning plan is and why we call it that, because I know that name seems a little weird. I want to talk about five reasons why a staff schedule and particularly a zoning plan is so important to our classroom. I'm going to talk about ways to use a staff zoning plan to schedule and organize staff during distance learning. I'll have methods for zoning within distance learning as well as in um, dealing with classes with mitigation going on. And I'll also be talking about what the difference is between a zoning plan and just a simple staff schedule. Now, before we get started, I just wanna do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I mentioned the episode one through five that are about building classroom teams and zoning plans is covered in episode four. And I also want to let you know that there is a free editable zoning plan form that you can download from the free resource library. And I have included all of the links where I have gathered examples of zoning plans over the years on the blog. They're all linked on the blog post that goes with this. And you'll find it at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 45 So make sure you go over there. You can grab your free one. If you're looking for more uh, ideas about ways to create it, come join us in SpecialEducatorAcademy.com. And uh, we have a whole class that includes setting up classrooms and zoning plans as one of the four modules. But I also have a toolkit that I will link to in the blog post. So without any more delay, let's get started. (laughs) So let's start with what is a classroom zoning plan, because I know, again, that that term is a little different than some of the ones that we hear. And put simply, a zoning plan is a schedule for the staff, but it's much more detailed to tell them specifically what they need to be doing during each of the activities on the schedule. It doesn't replace a lesson plan, because it's not changed every day. Um, But it gives direction to everyone in the classroom or the educational environment. So if you have a well-designed zoning plan, it should tell the classroom staff who they are responsible for, where they should be, what type of activity they should be doing and what you expect from them during that. So it may include things like support this specific student or facilitate participation for this student or take data on one student a day for a weekly sample. And I've got an example on this blog post at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 45, as well as links to other examples so you can get an idea of what they look like. So let's talk for a minute about why the staff schedule is called a zoning plan. It's a basketball thing, really. Um, It takes its name from the idea of a zone defense in basketball. And a study by Lauren and Risley showed that setting up a classroom in what they called a zone defense where the staff member was responsible for all the students in their area, instead of being assigned to a specific student, resulted in better engagement for the students. Generally, sometimes we use what we call a man to man approach where specific students are working, specific staff are working with specific students, and sometimes we have zones. So for instance, the students don't usually come to school at the same time every day. And so I may have somebody whose zone is to get them from the buses and the cars and bring them to the building, to the classroom door. Someone else's zone is the door with the schedules, putting all the stuff away. And the third person's zone is to be doing what I call table tasks, where they're sitting at a table. And the students rotate through those and the teachers pass them off as they go. So as they enter their zone, they are responsible for supervising that student. So it is a little bit different than a schedule in that way. I stick with the term zoning plan specifically because I think that it does describe more than just a schedule. A zoning plan needs to include not just the staff schedule, but the expectations in each activity of what they need to be doing. So let's talk about why you need a zoning plan and then you can go grab the examples and more information about them on the blog. And I'm going to talk about each one of these elements as they relate to typical situations, but then I'm also going to talk about how they're going to be important to us this year because I really think in the fall of 2020, the zoning plan is going to be one of the things that is critical for managing the classroom. The first reason is because it maintains engagement, exactly as I was talking about with the research. A well-run classroom focuses on ways to increase engagement of the students in meaningful activities. And if the staff has to constantly check in with each other to find out what they need to do, what they need to do within that activity, then they're not working with the student, they're not keeping the students engaged. Because as we know, With many of the students that we work with, downtime is not their friend and they're not very good at waiting for us. So the more time that we have to spend talking amongst ourselves, the more likely we are to see problem behaviors and have students get off task. And I believe that this is going to be even more important this year. In a classroom with mitigation, everyone needs to know their roles to avoid downtime and prevent challenging behavior. And also the routines are going to be new. So the more that we can give that in writing until everybody gets used to them, I think is going to be important. Um, So in distance learning, teachers can use the staff zoning plan to give specific duties to staff members to help support them in their teaching that may include breakout groups in video conferences. So you're gonna have to be managing staff even though they're not physically with you. So talking back and forth is gonna be just a little bit harder. So they can help in any number of of ways. And if you go to autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 33, you will find seven ways that paraprofessionals can support distance learning as part of your team for ideas for that. The second reason why we need a zoning plan is that a zoning plan makes sure that every job gets done. I was once in a preschool classroom and the students finished snack and they went over to the circle area. The teacher went to the circle area and the three paraprofessionals cleaned the snack table. The teacher was struggling in the circle area, trying to keep the kids engaged by herself. And obviously, while it doesn't take three adults to clean a table or an area, it wasn't really that they were doing something wrong. They all knew that the table needed to be cleaned, and they didn't know what they were supposed to be doing at that time because there wasn't a clear zoning plan. So when we don't have a zoning plan, we really aren't outlining for our staff what we expect of them. And if just like anyone, if we don't tell them what we expect, we're not going to get the outcome that we're looking for. They're not going to read our mind. So a zoning plan specifies who cleans up. It makes sure that the staff know which one of them should clean the lunch table and which ones should support the students during the transition. It includes who's taking data during activity, and I even write who's supporting which specific students. So in the present year, with the need for sanitizing parts of the classroom, a zoning plan is going to include those duties, obviously. The zoning plan will assure that the precautions and cleaning up get done, while it's also assuring that the staff is also supporting the students as needed. In distance learning, it's going to allow the teacher to outline the specific duties for the paraprose. So in addition to that and the fact that they're directing them from a distance, it provides documentation of planning for instructions for the students, instruction for the students. So that's going to be documentation for you to show that the students are engaged in instruction and that you've given that direction. The third reason why we really need zoning plans, and I'm laughing because I think it's funny, is that it avoids the, I thought you had it, or I thought you had him syndrome. The more detail and specifics that the staff schedule contains, the less possibility of things and students getting lost. I even go so far as to zone who's in charge of taking the walkie-talkie to lunch or to recess. Otherwise, I found that we have cases of, I thought you had it, but I thought you had it and a zoning plan avoids that. And let's face it, it's one thing to forget a walkie-talkie, it's another when a student goes unsupervised that you thought someone else was supervising. In distance learning, this isn't going to be any less of an issue. It's important if your professionals are doing face-to-face instruction via video conference and practice with your students, that they know what their responsibilities are during that time. If they're providing support with asynchronous things like uploading materials to the classroom site, then it's important that they know that as well. The fourth reason that I think everyone needs a zoning plan in their class is to assure lunches and breaks. Staff schedules make sure that staff know when they will have a break and having a break out of the classroom increases staff's engagement in the class. Now, I know that we all think that we're Wonder, Man, Wonder Woman and Superman, but let's be real. If you don't take a break out of the room once in a while, you will find yourself mentally taking a break in the room with the students, and that does not work. Also, it's one thing for you to be a superhero as the teacher, even though we know that the paras are actually superheroes, it's not something that we should expect from them. So if you're back in the classroom, I think it's critical that everyone have the opportunity to take a break, even if they can't leave the room to be able to step away from being responsible for students for a time is important. It's going to be stressful, I think, when we go back. There's going to be a lot of new routines, and we're all going to need the opportunity to detach. And if you're teaching at a distance, I think it's still critical to outline the duties of the paras from a distance and make sure that they are taking breaks, just like you need to make sure on your schedule as a teacher that you are taking breaks. And finally, the fifth reason that I think it's important is that staff zoning plans are really management plans. And I know that all teachers went to school to be a manager and supervisor of other adults, right? Oh, you say you went to school to learn to work with kids? Uh, It doesn't always feel that way, does it? Most teachers don't have experience supervising other adults, and teachers are also required to direct others who are older, more experienced, and who have been in the setting longer. You can develop a staff zoning plan as a team, as a collaboration, and it takes, having it written down, takes the confrontation of direction out of the equation a bit. Putting it in writing helps everybody see what needs to be done for the good of the program, and it's amazing how much of a difference that can make. And if worse comes to worse, if you have a problem, having it in writing means that people can be held accountable, both teachers and paras. It means that for the paras, they know what the teacher told them and they have it in writing as well. So collaborating and listening to other team members about what they need and don't need, such as when they need a break, increases everyone's willingness to work together, to have a room that runs itself. And ultimately that is what we're working on so that you can focus and your parents can focus on the tasks at hand. And supervision is an issue, whether you're doing distance learning or in a classroom with mitigation, blended learning, or teaching anywhere. So it's important that we think about it no matter what our situation. So I've got tons of examples of zoning plans I've rounded up Go to the episode for this at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 45, and you will see them listed in the resources as well as an example. And don't forget to go to, you can go there and there's a link or go to the resource library where there is a free editable zoning plan that you can download and use. So I have lots of examples on my website. The links are there and that hopefully will help you To build a good staff zoning plan that supports all the needs of your classroom. Thank you so much for taking this time to tune in and listen. I'd love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or your podcast area of choice. And I hope you'll come back next week for another episode of the Autism Classroom Resources podcast. Thank you.